This is First, Last, Best, Worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. I just found out uh, two facts that I want to share with everyone. Okay, Uh, let's hear them. First fact that I learned is that Quincy Jones has 22 girlfriends, apparently. (laughs) 22? uh, 22. That's what what he's currently rolling with? That's what he currently has. Uh, Where do you get information like this? Are you watching TMZ? Paul told me. Paul, okay. <laughs> he's the TMZ of the group. Yeah, he's a, he's a little he's a little gossip. <laughs> you know, he's always spreading rumors. Uh, but I, I, I think it's funny. I just think it's funny that Quincy Jones was was like, I have twenty two girlfriends. Like, <laughs> like twenty two is a funny number of it girlfriends to have. It's Why like not funny. Just say twenty at that point, or you like, know? or just yeah, like I got girls everywhere. <laughs> right? Or he's like, no, I have twenty two <laughs> girlfriends <laughs> because the last two would be would feel left out, you know. But you can't round up twenty five because then you're lying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just like that he has such a specific number, uh, but it's like also. So here's how I think that I don't know how Quincy Jones does it, uh-huh. but I imagine it kind of going as like, because like that's a lot to organize. I imagine yeah. it kind yeah. of being like a phone tree type system, <laughs> okay? Where it's like you have Quincy Jones at the top, top, and then but then you know it's kind of organized <laughs> on like tiers where uh-huh. he's got like two of the women, you know, each looking over like, uh, you know. 10 of the other women each, okay. you know, so it's kind of like he's got, he's got it broken down into kind of like, you know, a, uh, like a, like a capo system, like in the mob, <laughs> uh, you know, and he, like, each, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, that's like, that's like the number one, man, that's crazy. Well, what's the other fact? Uh, is that a talking, is that uh killer whale learn how to say the word hello? <laughs> and so I learned that. What? How did you know that one? I looked it up. I looked at no. I just looked it up on the internet like two minutes before we started the podcast. So did you read the article or did you just read the headline? uh, Mostly the headline. (laughs) I did skim the article a little bit. Well, I'm going to continue to ask you questions because I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I don't even know if I can do the podcast right now. I have a lot to process. (laughs) Well, this is like a marker of a day uh, in human existence. You know, from now on, animals talk to us you know that's a yeah. big deal the historians will look back at this podcast and uh and look at what life was like before this you know yeah it's, it's really cool to have a front row seat to history to history i yeah. mean we're in the future <laughs> hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is not a podcast about stupid whales or killer whales or whatever they're not stupid anymore they can say hello carl <laughs> intelligent whales this is a podcast about songwriters and we have a songwriter in, let's get to, um, my friend Emily is in the studio with us. Emily, how are you doing today? Well, I'm really excited after <laughs> all of this news. I know, does, doesn't it make you want to give up music yeah, kind and study of. killer whales? Totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad done we, with this. I'm glad we went with that and not with Quincy, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the tiered system, I, I feel we, we started to tread on dangerous water there. You know, how are, we ra- how are they rated? You know, is it like a time thing? I just brought it up again. Now we're getting back into it. Is it, is it like a Google calendar that they're all sharing? Right, like, how are they would... coordinating this? Oh, you my know? God. We have a Google calendar for this podcast. <laughs> and I swear to God, Taylor cannot. He, have you ever successfully put a, a, anything in the calendar? Nope. <laughs> 
Dude, I can't judge. I still have an old calendar that I like write on with highlighter. So yeah, highlighter? I, <laughs> that seems uh, like a bad thing. Yeah, like to... an old, like just an old marker or something, okay. like a Sharpie. <laughs> okay, well, a Sharpie, you know, is different than a hi- highlighter. I'm not quite as tech savvy. <laughs> So I couldn't date Quincy. <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't. Well, maybe send him an email and see how see how it goes. But anyway, we're here to hear uh, the first song you ever wrote. Can we get into it? Let's do it. What's the name of this? This one? is called "So It Goes." Sorry, it's late. I didn't mean to wake you. Made up my face, put on this little dress And now I can't place the things I said I'd say Sort of a shame, but that's the game I guess Could you believe they tore down that old theater And boarded up walls outside our favorite bar And all of the trees with leaves you carved our names And now it seems I can't even remember where they are Excellent. Singing and piano simultaneously. How do you feel about that? Playing a song that we could calling your first. How do you feel? Do you, do you resonate? Does it still resonate with you? You know, 
It does, although I'm thinking, shit, I really haven't learned how to play the piano any better than I did when I played <laughs> Did you write it on? The first time, 10 Can years ago. Can you date the song? Do you know roughly when yeah, you Yeah, yeah. Okay. It it's about 10 years old. Oh, um, wow. I know. So that was a decade ago. I shouldn't even admit that now that I've, yeah. I've heard it um, hey, back. The, don't, yeah. don't shy away from the truth. But I had said to Carl before the podcast started, you know, in my mostly my 20s, I most of the people I dated were all musicians. Yeah. So sometimes that provides the best of stories and so many adventures. And that's what a lot of this music is about. But then a lot of the times I sit and I listen to myself and I'm like, and that's why I can't fucking play an instrument to save my life. Cause everyone <laughs> I dated was playing them for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. You just had to sing. So do you, think, do you consider yourself primarily a singer or do you yeah. just think of musician in general? I guess I think my, my voice is my instrument and mm -hmm. I think of myself as a writer, you know, and I don't know that, I, I kind of wed the two mm -hmm. um, later on in my life. So I was always singing and I was always writing. And then finally one day I was like, maybe I should sing and write together. Mm -hmm. And the, the musical side of it and the playing just always brought such a thrill. But I've played with you know so many other people for so long that I think that comes through a lot in my music. Like it, it doesn't always feel whole unless I've got my whole band. You know? mm -hmm. And where were you at when you were writing the song? Is this, a, is this about mm. New York? I was in a little room in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, I had... Um, All the rooms in Brooklyn are little. <laughs> <laughs> Be more specific. <laughs> I think that that was the apartment I was staying in right after I was sleeping under a table in Chinatown. You know, so this was like a big step up. No, no song about that. A, <laughs> no song. <laughs> That's the next song. <laughs> We're going to we'll get, get to that. Um, no, so I, like, I had a window and there was like you know, great light that came in and I had a little tiny single bed and, um, had you been writing songs before this and this is like the first complete one? This is the first complete one. Right. So like, there's definitely, you know, other tunes that had, had come along at some point, but this was the first song I ever sat and wrote like full through all by myself, you mm -hmm. know, in one sitting, um, in one sitting. Oh wow. Yeah. Like staring out a window, looking playing at all piano? these trees, hardly affording my rent, you know, <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing piano. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was almost 10 years ago now. When did you uh, when did you first start singing or getting into music uh, in general? Yeah, I sang, you know, ever since I was a little girl, my grandma was a singer. Um, so she sang all over the south side of Chicago. So I grew up singing and I what grew kind up of, with... What kind of singer? What style? Jazz? So she was Cabaret. around in like the 20s and the 30s. So I think a lot of it was like the American songbook and that mm -hmm. sort of style, but that we now look back and say it was jazz or it was cabaret or it was... Um, you know, she had a, a real like Judy Garland-esque oh, yeah. sound to her. Do you have and recordings of her singing? I do. And yeah. it's so funny you should say that. I, over Christmas, I was like, f I was frantically like looking for this recording because my uncles a few years back put together all the songs that my grandma had sung. And, you know, she didn't do it. I mean, she did it professionally. Like she made, you know, mm -hmm. money doing it, but she had seven kids and then you know, a million grandkids and mm -hmm. there's 57 of us. Um, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, so, so she definitely, and that's, that's both sides. So there's seven uncles on my mom and dad's side or my mom's side and then eight on my dad's side. So they've all gone on to have, you know, so many kids. So all our family parties growing up, it was like, you know, on dad's side, there was all this great storytelling and, you mm -hmm. know, we rented a pizza parlor at Christmas cause we couldn't all pile into somebody's house. And, oh, wow. and then on my mom's side, it was my gram and she was this, this beautiful singer and she was this great entertainer. And so that was like every holiday that I remember. Really? She's just like holding know? court, like yeah. singing and like, no, that's cool. Totally. Drinking There's a lot of whiskey. There's a <laughs> lot of whiskey back in the day <laughs> with Graham. 
Um, but anyway, I just remember growing up and, and hearing her voice so mm-hmm. much that I don't even know that I thought I could really sing. I was kind of just doing what she was doing um, all that time. And then as I got a little bit older and I started getting, you know, solos and things and, and different shows and then in college and then I think were you it was... In, you were in choir in You know, I didn't do school? anything formal. Like oh, no. now that I look back, I should have. I did, I did sing in a choir like my senior year and I sang in church growing up, you okay. know, like when I was maybe 10, 11. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I kind of moved away from that. And when I went to college, I studied music. So I, st- I went to school in St. Louis. Um, I love saying these things like you don't already know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying cool. it to you for the first time. <laughs> Listen, our audience <laughs> doesn't know, so I'll pretend that I don't know. Yeah. So I, I just always so assumed I studied you were jazz, in, you know. I always assumed yeah. you were in choir and stuff, and then that's what led to wanting to sing jazz. Like it just seems like yeah. um, you're starting behind. I don't I you know, because everybody has you know, private lessons at such a young right. age. That's I mean, I remember I was like in fifth grade, you know, so what, you're 11, you know, and I was, and I did like the solo and the school play and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Do what play was it? Um, it was called Safari. Oh, okay. And I was a lion. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought it was some classic musical. It's sort of like an off-Broadway thing that we did <laughs> back was, at the South Side. I was lion too. <laughs> Carl, I was totally lion one. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So, I, oh, I, go ahead, Taylor. Uh, this is completely unrelated. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's uh, well, how my mind works too. Yeah. Well, it's actually not. But um, it, no, I I I had to. Uh, uh, I punched up. My ex girlfriend uh, worked with like middle school kids, and okay. she was like doing their um, their school play, and she was like this you know, the play that we're working with is horrible. Uh, do you want to help punch it up? And so I, I actually took the play and I like, I like crossed out. I like wrote new jokes. You put some for this stuff. Yeah. Like I put like new, like, and it was, it was the worst fucking play. It was such a bad play. Uh, but uh was lion was lion one there or no the the actually there was lions there were lions in it yeah it was about a skeleton that takes kids back through time to the great civilizations uh, i'm intrigued whose job is it no. to write this shit you know well, i mean i don't know, apparently mine yeah. <laughs> i'm picking up somebody's slack anyways that's that's neither I'm here sorry. nor there um but uh but yeah, so you, uh, so did you start out seeing like the same kind of stuff that your grandmother? Yeah, did? I, I think that's what I was really drawn to, and it's funny because now I'll hear, you know, I sang my very first like paid gig, right? You know, I always say gig in loose terms because it was me in a little piano bar called Fly Me to the Moon that's now called Wrigleyville Wieners. <laughs> Lincoln Park. So I'm not going to like make this into a bigger thing than it was. <laughs> and uh, Gregory, God bless him, but, you know, never paid me. He was this big, funny Greek man who had like a unibrow and all sorts of stories and would be like, tonight I pay you in food. And I was like, well, or money. Yeah, money I mean, yeah, either would be good. fine, you know. But like but- somehow my tips would like, you know, my Be tips gone. would grow legs every, oh, every time I played, and, but he'd bring me enough drink and, yeah. and food to keep me going. Yeah, and I was, 
22. So I was What was the instrumentation? Just you and a piano? So it was me and a piano. And sometimes like if I actually got paid, I could hire out somebody to to really play. (laughs) But it was tons of old standards and covers. And and that was the stuff I guess I sang in college, you know. So when I started to study um, jazz, that's when I fell in love with the music that my grandma had. I'd always loved the music, but that's when I started to like really understand it and start to make it my own. Though years later, I realized like in listening to some of the early recordings, um, I even think that I went maybe a little too far with that. Like, so I'll hear old demos and it sounds like I'm like auditioning for like some Broadway show and you're kind of like, okay, rein it in, rein it in. (laughs) (laughs) This is 2000 and something and you're a folk singer. So so that early influence is really there. Yeah. And I've learned to like embrace more of my like speaking voice. And so it was, uh, you studied jazz singing? I did. I studied jazz in my undergrad and then I got my master's at NYU in social work. And so then, you know, I spent like the first five years working full time in New York as a social worker, but bringing music to like all the programs that I would work in. Mm -hmm. Um, So Carl knows this, but then, you know, maybe two years after that, I was like, well, I love this work, but I really want to do something that brings in a lot more of the arts. So I started developing creative arts programs in shelters in the South Bronx. So I started one from the ground up and we would do a couple performances together. Yeah, it was awesome. We right? would go and meet for like a month once yeah. a week and then get a show together. And-, and we'd have the coolest kids. I mean, these yeah. guys were, I say kids, but they were like, you know, 17 through mm-hmm. like 25 years old and living on the just- streets, having like the toughest life. But mm-hmm. then like they'd come together and they'd write the most beautiful songs or they'd put together this amazing dance number or they'd, you right. know. And all like completely supportive of one another. Yeah. Like, it was cool. We're just going downtown a little bit. And then they're just like, I don't know. It was, it was so really excited. And so, yeah, exactly. And so I've, I've continued to do a lot of that work, but now I work entirely for myself. So I freelance and I sing and I gig and I write for other bands and small trailers and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it's been For a really trailers. cool journey. You just dropped that in there. Oh, I didn't what? know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I a, never know. A, I walk a fine line. I don't want to. You got a song in a trailer. I had a song in a trailer. It was, yeah. it was, you That's know, awesome. it was a small, um, it was a Woody Harrelson trailer this year called For Wilson. That's so cool. it was an instrumental of a song that I had written and Fox Searchlight put out the movie and cool. it was really fun. Yeah. Um, so that was the first kind of brush with like, doing anything that actually makes money, (laughs) which was really exciting as opposed to getting paid in tips and Greek food. Yeah, right. Your Um, tips leave after you're done playing. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, let's move on to your your latest song, your last song. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, Can you set this one up for us? Sure. So this is from a new EP called Paper Moon, and the song is You and Me. And this was inspired by all my travels. I play over a lot in Ireland, so I play in Dublin a whole bunch. And so the line Dublin under a paper moon was what was the inspiration for the record. Um, that and all sorts of other, you know, crazy stories along the way. But this is a song from that called you and me. Cool. Would you dance away the night with me? I'm no good at catch and sleep Like a child upon somebody's feet I will follow, follow your lead Cause it's you
feel about it i i feel good how do you feel (laughs) i feel feel, uh pretty good pretty good i was so into the chords and not messing it up that it's hard to like pay attention to the other parts of the song that i would normally sit and uh, contemplate you're like like the singer singer. (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm like hearing my own mess up and then i'm like oh no we've never played that we've never played that before together first time I had no idea that you could play the guitar, Carl. <laughs> you always That's assumed cool. I was a yeah. cymbal player. <laughs> yeah. Man, you're a musician? Yeah. Um, a little bit. This, could, this song is hard. This is brand new information. It uh, requires a little bit of a little bit of strength in your forearm. So that was cool. That was the first time you guys have ever played this together. Yeah. Yeah. We've done a million gigs together. Yeah, Carl and I have played for all hours the time hours. together, but... But not this song. You know, we well, we tend to do bar gigs where the call is for, you know, cover songs and then upbeat numbers. And this one is neither of those. But uh, (laughs) it's the latest song. Uh, What's the inspiration behind writing this? I mean, you wrote it while you were visiting Ireland? Yeah. So I'm over there. You know, I, well, you know, I've I've played over there a whole whole bunch. So I play in Dublin a lot and, you know, in different parts of the country and, and Galway and Mayo how did you get hooked, uh, hooked into that circuit? So initially I'd gone over just to visit because I, you know, all my ancestors are from there. So it's like the total Irish American yank story, you know, like I've got to go and see, see where everybody's, see the homeland, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was 30, like it was kind of a, of a late journey to go over. Um, but I was planning to stay for about six weeks and travel around. And at the very end of my, my travels, I was like, well, let me do one gig. And again, that's in, that's in quotes because it was like me 
Carl and some old man pub. <laughs> and there were like six old men, you know, essentially. Like it was like the tiniest little. That's not true. There was an entire was sub football team. Well, they that came, came in, in after. So well, we didn't. Yeah, they yeah. came in. Let's tell the whole story because okay. right. we get there and they they know we're coming from America, but oh, they didn't right. have a PA system. So we have we show up with literally a microphone. And, that's and, the, it. and the guy, the nicest guy, Connor McCormick, looks at us and he goes, I just would have thought you would have brought your own. And I was like, from <laughs> New York? <laughs> like, you knew that. So, uh, That's a schlep from Brooklyn. Like, what do you mean? But it ended up working out so well because at first we tried to do an acoustic, you know, the show must go on and everything. And then the soccer team show, a football team shows up and they're like singing songs and like they had a, won a cup or something. So we're like, we can't do this acoustic. They brought the energy up, but like way up. Yeah, you know? too much. <laughs> so, uh, so this guy, uh, Pat, took Connor aside and made him get us a PA and we did, but it, it ended up pushing the gig back an hour, which then led to this dude, Patty Casey showing up like right at, during our gig, which was, which was cool. Yeah. So it's a sort of, it's hard to give the context. Um, you know, so Patty is this sort of legendary figure in, in Ireland. And the day before I'd gone to see the all Ireland, which is like their Super Bowl. you know, so 86,000 people at this match. And one of my best friends took me to the show, the show, I always say the show to the match and I'm watching and I've never seen hurling. This is like their their sport, you know, and I thought it was the coolest thing. And their halftime act, so like that would be like our Beyonce or like our John Mayer or whatever, you know, is this guy Patty Casey. And so sure enough, you know, he's playing for 86,000 people. He walks into the old man pub the next night for our six people and the, and the <laughs> soccer team. And he ends up staying with us and playing all, all night. night. And, and, and I had spent all my money in Dublin, so I needed <laughs> money. So I'm going around selling <laughs> CDs and everybody, I can't understand anybody. And they're going, oh, you know, Patty Casey. And I'm like... Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. I, so Carl, that's <laughs> right. Because Carl hadn't been to the match with me. So Carl's I just kind no of, idea. I'm looking at Carl like, are you fucking about to sell this guy a CD? Like, do you know who this is? And he looks at me like, what are you talking about? He hadn't been at the match. He didn't know. (laughs) And I sold him a CD. He's like, I'll buy one of those. And, and Emily's just like sitting there with a jaw open as I like, I'm like 10 Euro and I take his money. And then she like pulled me aside and she's like, yo, Carl, this dude is like a big deal. And then it all made sense why everybody was asking me if I knew the guy. Uh, But, but it was awesome. And then we ended up playing in the pub till like, Till it closed down. Yeah, and then Kay, we went and back we went and stayed back. with a friend of ours until like the sun came up and right. sat playing songs. And Patty, and we've all stayed friends. And Patty, Patty's- like, he peeled potatoes and fried up French fries <laughs> and made French fries sandwiches at like five in the morning. Wow. It was an it epic was, night. It was awesome. so good. It was a great hang. And then you went to Barcelona and I we ended up doing the same thing again the next night, just at a pub, just jamming out all night long. That's right. And so now, I missed that. And so now you have the opportunity to like go to your Yeah, so I, I actually, that's right. So I went back over then about a year later and, and toured around with, with him, you know, and so it was his that's opening cool. act for like 10 different shows, cities, et cetera. And so now, you know, I go and it's not as if I have my own crew, but based on having played with Patty, I've gotten to become really good friends with a lot of musicians and and performers there. So I play with a guy called Mundy, who's just amazing. And, you know, just there's a whole community of really great support there. So they treat musicians like royalty. They really do. It's like, it's such a nice change. (laughs) I just love the fact that the Irish version of Beyonce is a dude named Patty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's just, that's amazing. <laughs> if only he had red hair. That's the only thing he, he's missing. I mean, whatever. He had a song. He had a hit song on uh, on Dawson's Creek back in the day. It was that's called right. Sweet Suburban Sky. 
That's like if you, according to my Google um, research, that's how I know. He that's told great. me he told me I should change the words to one of my songs. So, so naturally, Carl didn't. I did. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that was your your latest song. Yeah. So and basically, this whole record was was then written on my travels oh. there. So I, you know, I'd be on the bus traveling, or I'd be like in a friend's kitchen, you know scribbling on a napkin because I can't really do anything else in and the that's kitchen just lyrics are you, are you writing melody are you notating me- melody anyway um sometimes it all comes at once that's what she said but most of the time <laughs> chief I know but most of the time it's Taylor uh, didn't laugh. <laughs> he's not Stone giving me that one <laughs> he's thinking about like, the whale what is this <laughs> like fucking 2007 June, yeah, she said. <laughs> Jesus Christ my mind goes I'm like a 13 year old boy sometimes <laughs> that was good so, uh, so basically the whole record was you know written there and then recorded here in Brooklyn with um, with my good buddy Leo Sidrin so he's produced the last couple EPs and and so this is the latest. Oh, cool! Yeah, and uh, and then we're on next up on the docket is your best song. Oh, God. Uh, That's this such is... a loaded term. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Can you set that one up for us? Yeah, and then we can get into it once we play it. But I couldn't pick it, so I had somebody else. Okay, <laughs> decide who decided. This is um, Rob decided. Rob, Rob picked this one. Just this some is guy his named favorite. Rob. This guy named Rob. This <laughs> Irishman. <on> the <laughs> Patty on the decided. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is a tune called In a Little While. This was a co-write maybe four or five years ago um, with Jeremy Zmuda, Nir Sadovnik, and me. Yep. All right, let's get into it. Check it out. This is Carl Banks again playing guitar. One, two, three, four. Thing before I go, 
it's love you're looking for You don't have to look for more I'm falling, yes it's calling So much louder than before I don't want to know what for Just give me a kiss and my heart it shifts If it's love you're looking for You don't have to look for more tonight. All right, that was awesome. Hey. <laughs> I, think I, I messed up a little bit. If too. I do say so myself, no, I, I, like, I like I like watching your face when you like. We duffed a couple notes. Yeah, I was like, I, "That's relatable." Like, <laughs> I know that feeling, feeling yeah. very well. You know, you're like, uh, oh. "I know, I know." And you're like, "It's it's being recorded." And then it's not just my music; it's like your music. So I feel like I'm presenting. Yeah, but it you're part it. of my music, man. At this well, point, that, well, that's yeah. cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, did Rob give you any insights into why he picked this one as your best song? Why he likes this one? Just well, he's Hulk? my boyfriend, so I feel like he kind of has to say things like that. You oh know? yeah. Like, well, like, he oh, picked this is the best of all of them. Um. That was a bad Rob impression, but, um, you know, I think why he likes this one is cause he says it's like a pure love song, mm -hmm. you know, like as a writer, you kind of write so many things that are like so conflicted, <laughs> at least I do. Cryptic. So a lot of, well, like a lot of the times I write stuff and it's like, there can be like a really like heavy, you know, maybe there's like a, a heavier meaning behind it, but it's like, um, doop, um, doop, um. Oh, it's like yeah. very like, you know, kind of peppy or, uh -huh. or there's like a peppier message, but there's sort of a more ballad tone to it, yeah. you know? So like, I think this is one of those songs that like, there's really no other way to interpret it. Like it's just a love song. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I think he likes, he seems to dig the like simplicity of that. Oh yeah. Um, which I guess I kind of like too, you know, now that I think back on, totally. it was a while ago that we wrote it, but yeah. Where were you at uh, when you wrote this song? Like what was, what was going on in your life? Um, I had moved out from under the table. Okay. <laughs> I was in another room in Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> There's been 12 apartments in 12 years. Tw so what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was probably like number eight or something. Oh my, God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy because I've known you for a long time and I've know. only known you in a couple apartments. So I know. Well, yeah, you've known me in more of my like stable years <laughs> so you used to have a roommate that what peed in glasses can we talk about that yeah let's do it i um uh, i actually also lived in a hallway for a while oh yeah but that was with our good buddy mark who, oh mark who oh my god dearly. but i i did i literally lived in mark's hallway on and the mark upper west side behind a screen <laughs> <laughs> so it was basically one of those railroad apartments yeah but mark would have to walk through my room to get to his and like yeah. i was just in my little single bed like chilling and, you know whoa <laughs> how um, much did you pay only five hundred dollars. Oh, that's so you can't ever complain, well, or yeah. even like you go on a podcast a house and in talk Detroit about it with that much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So true. Or like a real like one bedroom. Well, you, you got to tell the other thing too. Mark then found the glory that is Airbnb and started Airbnb. I don't oh know God. if we should tell this online on the air, but he Airbnb's his living room out as a private room, and so like Emily's living in the hallway, he's living in the back room, and then these we've people... got like a couple in the front room yeah. who, who, who come in and are like, I thought this was a private room like it was listed as a private room and he's like well you have your privacy but like literally we'd have to walk through their room to get to the kitchen the bathroom etc of the apartment or mark is such a character he's so funny he'd tell me like you know if if you have to go to the bathroom it's fine but like just gauge it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's what you want to hear from your landlord. Just gauge it. But he's it. so 
uh, wonderful and warm and people love him that right. like what starts as a little bit of a like oh shit kind of moment you know an airbnb ends in like five star ratings right. and like everyone writes him. him up and they all love him and they come back and that's he's making awesome. a killing on Airbnb. I think he's making more than we make in a year. Probably. <laughs> so he used to just buy and sell gear. So he like has every piece of gear that you that you could ever want, but it's all used <laughs> gear. So it's like half of it works, or it works half the time. It's hilarious. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Used, we used to do this gig at Paris Cafe, and uh, Mark would play with us maybe once a month or something yeah. like that. And he would eat a cheeseburger <laughs> in the middle of the set. <laughs> Mark, I'm, always, I'm always listening to this. Hi, Mark. <laughs> He would like he would you know pretend it was on like you know he would be on the other on a table and then he would be wailing playing his blues licks and then he'd like go over and and then he'd be like get a picture he would eat, would he eat in in the middle of songs sometimes yeah. like in yeah. between songs <laughs> nope in the middle of songs sometimes if in I was the like middle of the songs I mean there's just you can't you can't cage a free bird uh-uh. you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> no, he's gonna can't. do his own thing <laughs> that was fun times so many we've had so many. A lot of them. Ridiculous adventures together. Yeah. It's been it's been a good uh, musical experience. Um, the first time we met, you were it was at, uh, in the West Village, and I, you were literally one of two people that were at the show that night. That's right. <laughs> that, that, and then... With and Ashley. Part, yeah, and then we parted, Ashley. Away, yeah. parted ways after that, and then we started playing together. And here we are all these years later, hanging with Taylor, talking about whales. Yeah. <laughs> Saying hello. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, did the whale just say hello? Did he go on to say anything else? No, I think that's it. But isn't that enough? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) How much (laughs) do you really expect? (laughs) The bar is like really high for this whale. Jaded as a culture that (laughs) you can hear. It's like 45 minutes later. Like that's it. (laughs) You're already over it. Yeah, Uh, but it was just hello. I want to hear. I want to hear the audio recording to see like how how much it sounded like hello. Uh Yeah. Um, (laughs) but we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Anyways, uh, let's move on to your worst song. Your worst song. So excited. Yeah. How can you set this one up for us? How'd you pick it? Okay, so this is gonna be totally um acapella, and. I must really love you guys because I don't usually tell this story, but I was 13 and I was like, yeah, you know, like I'd like played sports, but not well. And like, you know, I was, I had, uh, I was always involved in lots of things, you know, like I'm from a big family. Like we always have lots of big parties and lots of people around. And my mom was of the belief, like, just do everything. Like, even if you don't do any of it well, like just do everything, you know? So I'm like, you know, maybe like one thing I haven't done, I've never like run for like student council or done any of that shit, you know, like this could be good. So picture like, you know, what's her name? Like Reese Witherspoon, you yeah. know, an election, yeah, yeah. like that annoying level of like cheer. Like I was even more chipper than, you know, like <laughs> you're not, not, at not all as jaded, jaded as you are. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Just pure like, hi <laughs> about everything. So I was like, you know, I'm going to run, but I can't just get up and like give my speech. Right. Like that would just be boring everybody does that I have to do something different Mm -hmm. but I was like what can I do that's different I'm not like that good at many things but I always could could sing sing. so I got this idea and I thought it was like (laughs) the coolest idea ever and cool is in quotes was like (laughs) I should sing my speech (laughs) so (laughs) brilliant (laughs) it gets even better in a gymnasium in front of let's say at the time because this wasn't high school high school there's like maybe 700 in my class at the time there's probably like 700 in the whole school Mm -hmm. but let's say there's like 500 in this gymnasium 
not only am I going to sing my own song, I'm not like writing my own songs at the time. I'm like, I'm going to put this to the tune of a popular song of the day. Right, to get so, the hip kids. So Friends was like <laughs> <laughs> the shit, you know? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so, okay, that's all I'm going to, I'm going to set that up. And you guys can watch okay. the amazingness now that was my my seventh grade speech. Did you, did you title it or is it just seventh grade speech? It's called I'll Be There For You, Carl. Okay. <laughs> of course. For those who do not know, my name is Emily. And I am running for secretary. There are many things I'd like to do. So if you vote for me, I guarantee that I'll work hard for you. And I'll be there for you. If the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you. Like I've been there before. I'll be there for you. Because you're there for me too. You. <laughs> How was it received by the masses? I have no friends anymore. <laughs> Did you win secretary? You guys, I totally won. <laughs> Holy shit. I won. And to this day, people are like, they love to give me a hard time. And they're yeah. like, yeah, so it's cool. You're doing music and all that stuff. <laughs> How about that speech? You still remember the words? <laughs> but I have to be honest, until Carl said, what's your worst song? I really hadn't thought of it in terms of like, could I ever sing it again? Uh-huh. And so last night I was like, what is really my worst song? Like, there's so many, but that is officially my worst song. So and I just had many, to go to the depths of that. How many guys. people were in your high school again? Or was it so? Oh, so high school, high school was like 1,500, 1,200, but this was, this was junior high. Junior this high. is even worse. This is like... I don't know, maybe 500 in the and gym, everybody. but like there's like, you know, you're 13. <laughs> right. Yeah, and people were so, yeah, age. people were yeah. so supportive, but probably secretly they're like, what is yeah. girl doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you think that you got elected by pity votes? <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> what is, it was all the guilt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does middle school secretary do? Anyway? Well, nothing, nothing. And then, <laughs> no, absolutely nothing. You know, basically just like I would go late to meetings. I would, mm. at some point, I think I was up for impeachment. Like I was clearly not <laughs> cut out for government, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, that would be hilarious. <laughs> so a sex scandal comes out. Emily was holding hands with Richard at the playground. <laughs> that okay, was that, that was, was actually my my Me Too moment. Yeah. <laughs> that too, no. Okay. Uh, well, let's chat a little bit about what's going on. You've got these new EPs out. Mm. You got uh, Paper Moon we talked water. about, and then we did one together, the live right. live at the Continental. So we did um, bootlegs from the continental. Bootlegs from the continental. <laughs> you I don't need to know the title. I, I, I heard it. <laughs> no, so the concept was to do something totally live, right? Uh-huh. You know, because that is the one thing I guess that's been pretty consistent in music is is gigging all these years. You know, mm-hmm. so whether it be for the six people and the the old man pub, or if it's you know the Blue Note or Rockwood or you know Chicago Shubas or when we play together and residencies and stuff, um, it's always just been so much fun to to play live. And I think that's where I feel probably like the most excited about music. Like I love, I mean, besides right now, of course, (laughs) but like, I love being in the studio. I love being creative. I love collaborating and like writing with other people. And Mm -hmm. it's like, but there's something about like the magic of getting on stage and like not knowing at all if it's going to work out and like all the things that could go wrong and then all the things that go right. And granted, I never actually watch anything after the fact so i don't really know how it goes but i know that i just the way i feel when i'm yeah. up there is so 
it's amazing, a great feeling. right? So, so you want to try to capture that? I wanted to that capture on... that and do something, you know, along those lines that was like a little more honest than like some of the stuff where it's like all produced and which I love doing too. But mm-hmm. this was, um, you know, stripped down like just acoustic me and a guitar or, mm-hmm. you know, Nir and I, you know, my piano player um, or bass, Frank Wagner and I do like a couple cool bass tracks. Um, it's just vocal and bass. And to give that idea of like, a live recording mm-hmm. of the songs we've done live through the years. Are they, um, and they were all co- uh, and covers. And so those songs. are all covers. Yeah. So the, this year, I think it was like 20 something songs that, that were released, but, um, that record, there's nine covers, oh, you know, okay. 20, including and the then, paper moon. And then paper moon. Yeah. And then I'll be putting out a couple, you know, um, singles in the next few months with, with different corresponding videos and things like that. And that's right. So. And that's on Spotify. And you can find you on it on Spotify. Yeah, I'm supposed to say, like, follow me on Spotify. <laughs> You're supposed to say. <laughs> supposed to say. If what, my mom is listening, management. the cutest thing ever is she's like, just, you know, twit it, twit it at me. Just twit. I'm like, mom, you're not on Twitter. Like, you have to stop. why do you say things like that? Like, I don't understand. She's so hip. So I would say follow me on Twitter, but nothing's happening there. So yeah, yeah, you can follow me on Spotify, on Spotify. or emilycavanaughmusic.com. And you're playing um, some shows on the road coming up? Yeah. So just finished. We were at Rockwood. You were there um, in December and then down in Memphis and Nashville. And next month I'll be in St. Louis and then the following month, South Carolina, and then back at Rockwood 3 again in April. And I'm oh. playing with Carl at the end of April. Yeah. And then I'll be heading over to Ireland in May. Oh, cool. So that's all that's set for now. But Well, that seems like a pretty good uh, yeah. baseline. Yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> and how many albums you got out? How many Are they all on Spotify? Um, in total, I think there's four now. There's, yeah. there's a demo. I mean, it really is a demo, but it's <laughs> pretty old school. Um, and then I'm planning to record... The song, the friend song that I just sang to you. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be. Single secretary. We'll, we'll re-release the secretary. Right. <laughs> we want the echo to come on halfway through the song. <laughs> Paul, if you could work that out, that would be. If you had been there, I could have won like president. I mean, I don't know. Like. Well, hey, we haven't broken the glass ceiling yet, so let's not. Just kidding. You guys are so fun. I could hang out all day. <laughs> we could, but the cassette tape's running out. Okay. So. Yeah. okay. okay. Well, Thanks thank for joining you for us, Emily. Me. I know. It's so much fun. So fun. And sorry I flubbed up those notes. I really no, um, I feel bad it. about it. I loved it. <laughs> My favorite part. I've been listening to The Grateful Dead a lot recently, and like that is a band that like when they mess up, the crowd goes ape shit and it's so funny that it's like like where's that reaction for us (laughs) (laughs) you just can't hear it because it's a podcast (laughs) no our followers followers are not like the deadheads they're um they're much more passive (laughs) but anyway (laughs) if you'd like to get a hold of us we are available at flbw podcast at gmail we would love to hear from any audience members yeah Yep, and if you want to give us a review on (laughs) iTunes, do that. Emily, thanks for coming in. Thank you, guys. Until next time, Taylor, thanks for uh, being a wonderful co-host. I really appreciate it. Likewise, Carl. And you always crack me up. Uh, This has been another episode of First. Last. Best. Worst. See you guys.